What's up, Grizz Nation? Well, well, man, here I go again. I, I am stuck in the intro, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. This is the Sportitos Grizzlies podcast. So, you know, I, I assume Grizz Nation is listening as well as some other folks because it's draft coverage. Our one of our favorite times of the year. We're we're a little bit behind, man. Our schedules have been bonkers. And I didn't even know if we were going to be able to get it in tonight. It, it just kind of it's it, it, it's happening. Here we are. We we are definitely wanting to get more of these done, and we're going to. But uh, work schedules have been nuts lately, so we got uh, we got four new prospects for you tonight. We're going to lead off with one that the the Grizzlies worked out. We're going to try and give you as many of these as we can as they're working people out, and we're getting the information. Um, one one that the Grizzlies worked out. Then we're going to talk about Derek Whitehead. We're talking about Anthony Black. We're going to talk about, uh, man, I don't even know. I have no idea. Grady Dick. I'm, I'm losing it, man. It, it's just one of those days. Yeah, it's Quavion it's, Smith is the, is the other one. Yeah. I, I'm having, uh, the, the Mondays of Mondays. <laughs> man, I, I'm, look, I know y'all don't care, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I've had terrible luck with vehicles lately. I, I had a, a small SUV that I was driving for work. Spent a boatload of money trying to get it fixed. And then like after I spent all this money getting it fixed, not even a week later, it messed up on me again. And it was something different. So I bought a different vehicle, not really wanting to spend the money on a new vehicle. And now I had to drop that vehicle off at the shop today. I, I don't know, man, I'm ready to just throw a grenade in it and walk away, bro. It's, it's nuts. So great Monday for me. Got a lot of stuff going on. This is good though. Basketball is my escape. When, when life is crazy, when I have just chaos around me, I can go to basketball and uh, and it helps kind of settle me in. So Isaac, let, I, I'll let you lead off. Tell us about uh, man. I, I struggle with his last name. You got it knocked out. Yeah, uh, Charles Bediaco. Uh, yeah, seven, 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 yeah. seven foot from Alabama. Go ahead. Yeah, seven, seven foot, two hundred twenty five pound uh, sophomore center out of Alabama. Uh, six point four points, six rebounds, uh, one point eight blocks. I'm sure David loves this. Thirty five point five percent from the free throw line. Shot sixty two free throws, only made twenty two of them. Uh, didn't play a whole lot of minutes. Only played about twenty minutes per game. Uh, as the old saying goes, man, he's seven foot tall. Man, you can't teach height. Uh, that's a positive coming out of the door, uh, coming out of the gate at at, at seven foot. Uh, not a whole lot to his game. Uh, at this point, pretty much everything's at the rim. Matter of fact, ninety five percent of his field goals. Last season, we're at the rim. He finished at a 68% rate. Uh, does a really good job of, of moving and making himself available as the role of pop man, man, finishing at the rim. That's that's what he does, man. He knows his role, sticks to it. Uh, also, cleans up a lot of misses, uh, gets a lot of putbacks, gets a lot of scores that way. Uh, can run the floor and finish. Um, he's a guy that, if you're a team that gets up and down, man, he can can, can be available for that pass, man, gets up and down the court. He can move a little bit. Uh, like I said, not because not super heavy at 225 pounds. Uh, so he could definitely run the floor and finish at the rim. Um, defensively, definitely has some potential uh, as a shot blocker, rim protector, average two blocks per game um, at Alabama. I mean, and when you look at these kind of some of these guys that the Grizzlies are working out, I think they're kind of doing their due diligence. They do have two picks in the second round, uh, but you also have these, the three two way spots uh, now with the new CBA. Starting next year, so I think a lot of these guys they're kind of looking at as second round draft prospects or possibly undrafted free agents. And I, I like Bediaco as a developmental big. I think a, a guy that you can put in your system, maybe send down to South Haven, uh, let him get some work in down there. 
Uh, but he again, he's just a guy that knows his role. Uh, comes in, uh, runs the floor, cleans up, misses, uh, dunks, finishes at the rim. And, and I mean, that's a lot of times, man, you don't need any more than that. For a guy that comes off the bench, uh, can, can take up some space for you, extra fouls, kind of be tough inside, block a couple of shots. I um, mean, he's a guy that I think finds a, finds a spot in the NBA because if you kind of look at this draft, if you're looking for a, a true center, there's not a lot out there. Uh, I mean, you have obviously Victor Wembanyama at the top, and he's I wouldn't necessarily even call him a true center, but you have uh, James Naji, um, he's a European prospect that I really like. A couple other guys, Bona uh, Sonogo out of UConn, uh, who about this Derek Lively out of Duke, but there's not a lot of options. As true centers in this draft, Ron Holmes is another another guy that's kind of a, a four or five that I guess I throw in a mix that I like, has some shooting potential. Definitely going to talk about him down the line. He's a prospect that I like. But a guy like Betty Ako could end up being drafted, uh, I think, somewhere in the second round because there just isn't a lot of true centers in this draft. I mean, like I said, he's a guy that knows his role. He's not You're not going to get a lot of lot from him outside of the paint. No, not really a guy that's going to knock down a mid-range jump shot or shoot from the perimeter or anything. He's just going to be a guy that comes in, takes up space on the inside, block a couple of shots, finishes at the rim, things like that. And, and and there's space for for guys in the league like that. So as a guy, if you're talking about the pick at 56, if he's there or possibly undrafted free agent, I mean, he's a guy that I would definitely have some interest in as a developmental big for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. The, Listen, if you haven't listened to the show, and I kind of have this spiel every time that I talk about it, I've, I hammer on free throws. That's something that's important. If, yeah, he's, he's really bad. <laughs> yeah, if you can't make free throws down the stretch, you you cannot be on the floor to close the game. And, and where where he's getting drafted, you're not you're you're not looking at this guy to be your starting center. Exactly. And, just like Isaac said, developmental center. You talk about the size, the length. You can't teach seven foot. Uh, he being a seven footer, he's going to have to put some more weight on to really be able to be down low and be on the boards and put in work against some of the NBA bigs. But it's one of those things where you look at the body, you look at the frame, and it's like, okay, can this kid put on weight on this frame? and be effective at the NBA level. And I think looking at his game and the stuff that he does, he reminds me more of like that old school big that's being phased out. You know, you, you look at guys like uh, DeAndre Jordan, yeah. elite elite rebounder, good shot blocker, but nothing outside of the paint. Like he, he right now, without any development, this kid is – just like in the dunker spot, essentially like yeah. that. That's that. That's what he's that's going what he to does. be, and he does that well. Um, do you believe in the rest of his physical tools enough to to go out and get him and take a shot? The Grizzlies have been really good at uh, at developing talent, but if I'm going to take a shot at uh, on a big man late, like you know, second round area where the Grizzlies have pick. Um, I, I like uh, I like Armando Baycott out of North Carolina over this kid, and I haven't really you know like we haven't talked about him yet. I, I'm sure that we will get to him, but I, I just like his skill set compared to where where we're at with Betty Ako, and, and that's uh, again I, I'm never like just 
has there has there been anybody that there's been guys where I'm like, nah, I'm just flat out out. I don't want the Grizzlies to draft him. And the free throw stuff scares me. Steven Adams is the guy that is incredibly important to this Grizzlies team, but down the stretch you can't play him because if you do, teams are gonna foul him and then you're gonna be relying on Steven Adams, who is a fifty percent free throw shooter, to not you know, like you're you're gonna rely on him to knock down free throws. And if you're banking on that to win a game, you're you're gonna be in trouble. And so I I definitely see size, frame. I, I like his footwork. You know, you talked about his shot blocking ability, and I think that his timing, yeah, you, you have that length, right? Seven foot, you're gonna have a big wingspan. You got the length, you're gonna block some shots with that. But so, some guys with that size Nikola Jokic is a seven footer. Nikola Jokic is not a shot blocker. He's going to block some shots just because of his size. And this kid, I think that you could put him in the class of he could be a, um, a good, maybe great shot blocker. And I base that off of some of the film that I watched and the way that it looked like he was out of the play and he was still able to able to recover. Yeah, like he, he he used his length, he moves his feet well, and he was able to get himself back into the play. <laughs> Offensively, he's not going to be a threat from outside of six feet. Like I, I would love to see his like his shot chart from college because every basket that I saw this kid finish, he was within like I mean it, it was a dunk or a layup, a putback. Yeah. Like, like there said, was nothing. Ninety-five yeah. percent of his field goals were were at the rim. So I I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could find a shot where he took a jump shot. I'd like to kind of look at that and see, like you said. Uh, but for for me, I just think his potential defensively, like you said, he's definitely the, the old school type of big. He he's not the modern day big that's going to bring you anything outside of the paint. I mean, he's just going to be a finisher at the rim. But I think his shot blocking, I just think he's a guy that could, with some development, could carve out a role just as kind of a specialist. To kind of come in where you need a guy to take up some space in at the, at the rim. He just he's got to put on some weight. I mean, seven foot two twenty five. He's gonna to have to with his frame. He looks like a guy that could fill out a little bit more. I think he's a guy that could carry more weight. So I, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, but I, I just think he's developing, especially if you're talking about undrafted free agent, a guy at fifty six. I mean, because at that point you're just taking shots on guys. I, I hear what you said about Baker. He's definitely gonna bring you more versatility and brings more to the table. Uh, but I was just looking at him again as just a possibly develop into a defense specialist, a guy that you can come in and just be tough in a paint, mm-hmm. man, defensively box some shots and, and stuff like that. Uh, because if you're expecting more than that from him, you're probably, probably not going to get it. But free throw thing is definitely a concern, man. You shooting free throws in the thirties, man, you definitely can't be on the floor in a close game late. I mean, you just cannot be on the floor. We talk about Steven Adams shooting around 50%. This kid, shooting 30-something percent in college, man, that's that's not good. Uh, I mean, to, to miss 40 free throws out of 60-something, out of 60 something, that's that's pretty bad. So, um, But, again, man, developmental prospect, he, he's a guy that I'd have on the radar because I think center is a spot that they could use a guy to develop. Um, I, I think center, probably point guard, uh, and, and wings are kind of where they're looking to develop some guys. So, Interesting prospect, man. I, I I like some of the stuff that I saw on film. I like the length. I like the fact that he's seven foot tall, and uh, I like the fact that he's a guy that knows who he is. Uh, he's not going to try to try to come out there and do too much. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but again, man, a lack really lack of, of true bigs in his draft. Even 
most of the bigs that the centers, the guys that are listed at center in this draft are all under, undersized as far as height and weight. So he's a guy that could find himself end up getting drafted. He's not really showing up on mock drafts right now, but with the with the lack of fives in the, in his draft, I think there's a possibility that you could see he could hear his name called late. Yeah, and and my thing is when I'm looking at big man prospects, specifically guys that would fall into the class as like the old school big. I look at their their footwork and their athleticism. Like, is is he an explosive athlete at at seven foot? No, like he's not. But he's not a going back last year. Luca Garza was a guy that didn't, you know, when where do you end up going? He went like late fifties, didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. So and, and it was all because say. like Garza knew how to score, but he was a slow big man. Same thing and, with Edie in, in this draft. Yeah. I forgot to mention him. He. He's not even showing up on boards right now, and he was like player of the year, and, and that just kind of shows you the difference. He's so big in college at seven four. I think he has a seven ten wingspan that he yeah. measured at the combine, which is just absolutely nuts. But you watch him. I was watching this workout at the combine. I mean, he's just so slow, like, and it's just not gonna play well in the NBA when you have these modern bigs, guys that can move around a little bit. I mean, it's just not gonna play well. He's gonna struggle. It's not gonna be as easy to score. I mean, you just so much bigger. Then all he's bigger and stronger than these other guys in college. He's just going over the top of everybody. Not going to be as easy when you get into the NBA, man. And that's that's the reason why you you go from a guy being like the player of the year to possibly not even getting drafted. The same thing with Garza. Garza putting up big time numbers, averaging 26, 27 points in college, and get to the NBA and is not a guy that's really playing, getting drafted at the bottom of the second round. Just a different ball game, man. When you get to that next level, that you can get away with that in college, but. Whole other world, man. When when you step on that NBA floor, yeah. And and I like Betty Ako's foot speed at his size is a guy that I, I won't say. I guess borderline switchable is kind of the way that I would go. Like, the, the, yeah, he's definitely not in quicksand like some of these yeah, other guys. Yeah, like he he moves pretty good. Not at an elite level. He's not moving around like Wibanyama, obviously. But he he moves around pretty good. He's a guy that okay if you take him, there's definitely some upside there on him for sure. So I, I'm I like that uh, the Grizzlies are trying to address positions of need. That that at least tells you okay they understand where their weakness is and and what they need to look at. And, and this is a guy seven foot, big wingspan that's going to go out there and be able to grab boards for him. And, and you need that from a guy off of the bench for this team because rebounding was a, um, I mean, they just got, they got wrecked on the boards in the playoffs and no two ways about it. So let's move on from him. And I didn't write down the order, man. I was busy writing everything. Are we going to Cravion Smith out of NC yeah. State next? Cravion Smith next, sir. Yep. So he is a uh, six foot four inch guard out of NC State. And, I I don't know. Like he's only gonna be twenty on draft night, man. Yeah. As I'm as I'm watching his tape and I'm watching what he's able to do. Do you think that this kid is lottery talent? No, I I don't think he's lot lottery talent at all. I actually, I mean, Tankathon has him going in the second round. Uh, Tankathon has been one of the <laughs> more accurate mocks. I haven't looked to see. That's kind of where the mock that I use the most, so I'm not sure where other 
Mox have him going. Have you seen him up in the lottery on some Mox? I'm, I've seen him some places, like late lottery, like mid first wow. round. Yeah, and and, I'm not and, and I thing. just yeah, I, I like he has some tools that are good. The size and, and yeah. six foot four is not small, man. I you know like we, we talk about size a lot, but in this draft oh, in particular, oh. man, there's so many guys that are six 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 seven six yeah, he, eight six nine. And he's one of the smaller guys in this class. Yeah, I was gonna say six four, hundred and sixty five pounds. That's the, the the other part of it. He's he's slight. I mean, at six four, only one hundred sixty five pounds. That's a guy. He's definitely gonna have to to put on some weight. I mean, because that's tiny at six four, hundred sixty five pounds. So he's a a lot smaller than a lot of the other kind of guards in this draft. Because you talk about at the top of the draft, you got guys like Amen, Amen, uh, Amen and Asar, six seven. Uh, and then you talk about Amen. Amen is a point guard at six seven, and Tequavian is not a really a true point guard. He's a combo guard, and to me, he's probably more of a shooting guard. Yeah, and and with the the size of that frame, you're, you're concerned. Okay, are you going to be able to play him at the two next to another small guard? And right now, the answer to that question is no. You know, he doesn't have the strength to be able to match up against a strong two at the NBA level. Like, he can shoot the cover off of the ball. I, I love his form. I, I watched plenty of times. One thing that I've been kind of watching for more this year is a change in pace and the way that they, yeah. they, they release the ball. And what, what made me do that? I was at, I was at a game in Memphis and, uh, Jake LaRavia was out there warming up. And one of the coaching staff, the guy that was working with him on the coaching staff, I, I didn't realize what he was hollering out at first. And I asked, I was sitting next to Doc. I'm like, Doc, what's he saying? He's like, man, I couldn't tell you. I'm watching these cheerleaders. I started, <laughs> I started laughing. And so we we started paying attention to what this coach was hollering out. And the coach was talking about the speed at which the Ravia was releasing the shot. So he would say, normal fast gather yeah he would have different terms and you would see laravia change the speed of his release during his workout and it, when you're watching film on this kid you can see him changing speeds with yeah, his yeah he changed the pace so, really not nice. yeah and, and so as far as a, a shooter at the nba level i could see this kid being a guy coming off of the bench that's going to be able to knock down shots for a team, but he's going to have to add some muscle. At 20 years old, you have plenty of time to add some bulk to that frame and be able to get him where he could be a serviceable defender. But it's going to be you would you would have to match him up with a guy that I think is is a good defender. You couldn't, as far as a fit with the Grizzlies, I don't yeah, think that you could job, play that's... him side by side with Ja. Because the defense would not be great. Ja when when Ja is locked in and actually giving effort, Ja has become a serviceable defender in the NBA. But you can't have two guards out there that are just serviceable, or you're going to get cooked. Um, and, and we're not always looking at these guys through the lens of will they fit with the Grizzlies. We're just kind of looking at them in general. And so I I, I like some I, I like his his passing that he showed some flashes in the film where I'm like. Okay, like I can see certain things, but he doesn't feel like a true point guard. He feels more of like the combo slash two guard. And because of his size and his lack of strength, I think that he's going to struggle at the NBA level. Yeah, he, he's definitely a guy that's going to take some time. He's not a guy that's going to come in 
immediately, I don't think, and be able to play for. He's probably a guy that's going to need to spend some time down in the G League. You talk about his three-point shooting. The, the numbers weren't fantastic, 33.6%. That's not terrible, but super high volume. He got up eight attempts a game. He was 91 of 271 uh, overall. So 271 threes in a college season is a lot, man. Just to kind of go through some of the, the notes that I had on him. I mean, he's not a super athlete. Uh, he does have he does have a little bit of bounce. He's not a terrible athlete, but I wouldn't call him an elite athlete. Um, we talked about the change of pace. Um, he can he can, he can turn on a dime, man. Turn on the Jets and, and get by his man, get to the basket. Uh, he definitely has the speed to get to the rim. But problem with that is he doesn't finish well through contact. Um, and if you see that on film in college, it's going to be even worse than the NBA. You talk about that frame at six four, one hundred sixty five pounds, man. He, he he's going to struggle finishing at the rim, and that's one big issue with him because we talk about him being a combo guard and not a point guard. That's bad at 165 pounds because, again, you're going to be going against bigger players, um, and that's going to be a problem. He does have a have a runner uh, that he uses, and I think if he's going to get playing time early, I think that's going to be beneficial for him because he's going to have a hard time getting all the way to the rim. So I think that runner would, would, would do him well if he is able to get some playing time early in his career. Um, he has really nice, good, good touch on his mid-range pull-up. Um, he can get to it pretty much anytime he wants and doesn't need a lot of space to get it off. Uh, so he definitely has that mid-range shot in his bag. Uh, you talk about the three-point shooting, 33.6%, super high volume, no eight, eight attempts per game. Uh, you definitely have to honor him from three. Um, and I think he even has, look at that number at 33.6%. I think he has more upside than that. I think he's a guy that will be able to knock down shots um, at the next level. Um, has a nice little crossover, uh, goes left to right, um, and, and he, he uses it to, to take the step back jump shot. That's kind of an NBA skill. Um, you see a lot of guys do that left right crossover step back into the three point jump shot. He has that in his bag. Um, I, I like his shot mechanics. His, his shot looks nice, nice form, quick release on his shot. Um, he had a score first mentality. Um, he doesn't really, doesn't really most of the time look to get others involved a lot, which sometimes bring in question his shot selection. You saw a lot of bad shots. I saw a lot of bad shots that he took on on film, like forcing it a lot, uh, shots that he probably probably should have passed out of trying to force things. And a lot of that, when you see that with guys, a lot of that has to do with personnel. I mean, a lot of these guys, when you're talking about draft prospects, they're the guy on that team. So they're, they're going to take the shots. I mean, that's what you're going to see. And I saw a lot of it on film with North Carolina State didn't have a lot of shot, shot creation, shot makers on that team. So, Again, he was going to be have a high usage, and he was going to be a guy that took a lot of shots. But obviously, man, he's going to have to get stronger, man. Six four hundred sixty five. That's just not going to cut it. And attention to detail uh, defensively wasn't always there. Um, he got beat on straight line drives a lot, uh, which is weird because he has the foot speed. Uh, but you'd see a lot of times where guys would just blow bomb, and it's mostly poor poor technique. Um, he took poor, poor angles. You'd see him standing straight up with bad posture defensively. Um, and the physicality is also an issue. I mean, didn't finish through the rim. We talk about that being slight contact. Only finished thirty at 36.5% rate at the rim, which is terrible for a guard. Um, you you got to be able to to get to the rim and finish, man. And he just doesn't have the size and strength at this point. So, again, man, he's a guy that I think is going to spend – wherever he lands, he's going to spend a lot of time on their G League team. I don't think he's a guy that's going to give you much reduction probably next year, maybe not even a year after that. He he definitely has room to fill in his frame. I mean, at 6'4", 165 pounds, he definitely could put some more weight on. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a a big guy or anything or, or big and strong, but he's going to have to add up the way you like to see him get up to at least 180, 180 185 pounds.
to, to kind of be able to take more of that contact. Uh, so, again, he's a pr- prospect that you're going to be drafting to look at as a guy that you can build on down the line. I, I don't I don't think you can look at him to give you much next season. Yeah, I like him as kind of a, an off-the-bench scorer type person, uh, um, uh, Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson. You yeah, know, you can guy. put him on the ball a little bit as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, So I think that brings a little bit of versatility. So that's a positive for him. Again, he just got to gotta get stronger, man. Yeah, he, he handles the ball well. He just yeah. – you can tell it, it's not natural for him to look to get others involved. And, and if you look at his numbers at NC State, you go year one to year two – Year one, he's taken 14 shots a game and 2.1 assists. Year two, you can tell his volume increased, uh, 16 attempts a game, but then his assists went up to 4.1. But I think that that is, I, I the 4.1 assist is a little bit misleading because in the film that I watched, he just, again, it's not a, that's not a natural thing for him. Yeah, and, I was surprised to see that number when I was watching the film. I was like, oh, he averaged four assists. That was kind of surprising to me because watching his film, like you said, you wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely – you can tell that he had pretty much a, an infinite green light whenever he wanted to take it, like his coach was okay with him taking it. And, and there were definitely questionable shots. So let's <laughs> – you got anything on him? Anything else on him before we move yeah, on? Yeah, I was just gonna say, just like like I said, man, I think if you're taking him, he's a lottery ticket type of prospect, and you're looking down the line with him as for if you're looking for a guy that's gonna gonna give you something year one, man, he's not the he's not the guy. Um, and like I said, man, you so you saw him up in the first round. I think Tankathon has him going early to mid second, and I think that's probably where he should be as a prospect because there are some positives to his game. Like I like his shooting upside. Um, he can like he he can do some things there, but it's just the rest of his game, the physicality that that's gonna have to match up to that. So he's not a like a prospect that I think can't can't do anything. That's why I think he's definitely a guy that that's gonna get drafted because if you watch him on film, you see some some NBA level skills there. It's just just the size, man. That that that's gonna be kind of a drawback for him. So we'll we'll see where he lands, man. But I I think for me, he's a second round pick definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I know I've seen him in multiple places be first round, and I think the highest I saw him, I want to say, was like around fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, that's. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know man, about that. And there's way too many guys further down that board that I would take over him. And sure. obviously, fit matters. You know, when you're getting later in the first round, I, I think the fit kind of. If you're looking, well, the Grizzlies, for example. They have positions of need. And so when it gets to their pick at 25, if they make that pick this year, are they going to take best player available? Are they going to look more for fit? And at this point, I think that you're looking at more for fit than anything. I'm, I'm typically a guy that's like, Hey, let's get best player available. But you know, it's all about position. You know, if best player available is a guy where you've got a ton of depth, I don't know that that's the way that you want to go. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So who's up next, Isaac? Oh, uh, we got uh, Derek Whitehead, uh, 6'6", 190 pound freshman swing out of Duke, uh, 18 years old, 8.3 points, 2.4 rebounds, one assist, one steal, uh, really good three-point shooting numbers, 42.9% from three on four attempts per game, 79.3% from the free throw line. He was 42 of 98 overall. So not, 
a huge sample size from three, but really super efficient. Um, in- interesting prospect. Um, I kind of liken him to a prospect we talked about on our last show, G.G. Jackson, where there's some really, really positive things that you see on tape, but there's also some some negative things that you see on tape. Um, struggle with with some injuries um, at, at Duke. Had a foot injury, then had a had a leg injury. So there are definitely some injury red flags uh, with him. But he can really shoot the basketball, as I said, forty three percent from three, uh, the 30, 35 and seventy nine for forty four point three percent on catch and shoot jumpers. Uh, kind of a weird release on this shot, but it works. Um, it, it is kind of kind of a, a weird release, man. But forty two, I'm not going to argue with forty three percent. Uh, super high release. Uh, closeouts don't really affect the shot. Guys close out, man. He can still get that shot up over him and knocks it down at a pretty high rate. Um, has really good touch on the mid range. Um, he has a move where he kind of creates the contact and does this kind of turnaround jumper. Um, in in the mid post. Uh, real upside is the ISO score. Uh, like I talked about, GG Jackson, man. He has a lot of lot of stuff in his bag when it comes to one on one ISO scoring, man. He can get a shot off. Uh, create create separation doesn't need a lot of shot a lot of room to get it off, um, and he's a much more efficient uh, score and, and shooter than G.G. Jackson. G.G. Jackson takes a lot of shots, he makes some shots, but takes him a lot of shots to get those shots. Whitehead is definitely more efficient um, if you look at him. But I kind of kind of compare them as far as their ISO scoring. They both can, can have a lot in their bag there. Um, late clock scoring potential, I think, is off the charts. He's a guy that. If you need a bucket, you give him the ball. He can go one-on-one, man, and get you a basket. Uh, love his ability to get to the, the pull-up uh, out of the pick and roll. Um, is when you look on the, the other side of the basketball, it, it's Jekyll and Hyde, man. There's, def- there's definitely some upside, I think, as an on-ball defender. Uh, there are times where he looks like an a, a elite uh, one-on-one defender. Uh, he uses his link well to recover when he gets beat. He's physical and strong. But other times you'll see him – really struggle uh, to, to keep guys in front of them. It's it's weird uh, because, they're, again, man, I, I see some plays where you watch on film where, man, he looks like a dog on defense. Others, it just looks like he loses focus, man, and just let guys go right by him, man. He'll get caught flat-footed, and guys, next thing you know, guys at the rim. Um, he he doesn't, doesn't navigate screens well defensively. That's one thing that really stood out to me on tape. Uh, there was glaring that he doesn't do that well. He's not a big-time athlete. So he, he doesn't finish well at the rim. He only finished at 43.8% out of the half court at the rim, which is pretty bad. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't have a lot of burst. He's not a guy that's going to take off and dunk on anybody. Um, and I think that's going to gonna limit them. As far as his scoring uh, as a one-on-one ISO score, I, I love his potential there. Uh, but defensively, there's definitely some things to work on. Again, there's times where he looks really well. Other times, I think it's just a lack of focus because you see – times where he can do it it's just like sometimes i think he just gets lost gets lost in the pick and roll and just doesn't really put the effort in on that end and it's very similar to gg jackson like i said man he does some things really well and then you see some other bad habits and th- things on tape that don't bode well and then you also have the injury red flags so he's an interesting prospect at one time he was looked at as possibly a, a lottery pick top 10 type pick and now you see him kind of moving into that mid-first to down into the 20s range. Could be a guy that could be there uh, at the Grizzlies at 25. Um, and again, I- I'm not sure this is a guy that this front office will look at just kind of knowing the type of players they like. Uh, but he's interested. Probably. You high as hell. He's from Duke. I guarantee you. Well, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that that connection as far as Zach Lyman. He does love his Duke guys. No, no doubt about that. But 
he's just a Jekyll and Hyde kind of prospect, man. Just like I said about Gigi, I like love some of the things he does, and then you look at some other stuff on tape, and you're like, man, that's that's not good, man. What, what, what did you think of him as watching him? And well, the one thing that there is a significant difference if you go back and you watch him at uh, Mount Verde and you watch some of the plays that he made in high school, you talked about him not really being an explosive athlete. I think these injuries have affected that. Yeah, the injuries definitely have. For and, sure. and I don't I don't think that he – I don't think we saw him fully healthy because there was one play – I want to say I was watching – I was watching his high school film – and I don't remember what school they were playing, but he's bringing the ball across half court. His defender's in good position, and he hits a cross and just leaves the defender in place, and he explodes from about one step inside the free throw line and throws it down. And so the athleticism has been there. Are the injuries at the point where they completely depleted that? Or is it a thing where because he hasn't been healthy, we haven't been able to see that? Um, you, you compared him a lot to Gigi Jackson, and and I'm just I'm not there, man. Like I I see why you're making that comparison. Yeah, not so much that they're the same player, just the fact like, that yeah, like they the do thing some good, that, you see some good stuff and then you see some bad things from. Yeah, them. I the, I love Gigi at first when I watched him on, on tape, and the more I watch film, the less I liked him, and that's kind of the same thing with. Whitehead. Like, I watched a lot of Duke basketball this year, and I liked him as a prospect, but when I first started watching the tape, like, I, I loved him. Like, I, I sent you a text. I was like, man, I love to read Whitehead. And then when I watched some of the stuff defensively, it's, I was like, uh, maybe I don't love him as much as I do. I do think the injuries, definitely, because you watch, I've seen some stuff from high school that looks a lot different. He, he wasn't really, I don't think he was ever really healthy all year at Duke, and I just, I worry that maybe it's permanent like it's something that those injuries that foot injury is kind of some things that have just kind of slowed him down maybe that he doesn't get back I, i'm not sure he's a he's a prospect that if you take him he could you could catch fire and end up with one of the best prospects out of this draft a little bit lower than he should have been or it could go the other way that that's kind of yeah. how i look at him yeah the, the injuries could continue to be an issue i, I like him a lot man the, the the times when you see him on the defensive end where he's locked in yeah, he shows elite defensive ability. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, he's an elite defender," because of the reasons that you mentioned. Of you see him not locked in and looking like a traffic cone on that end of the floor. But there were there were times in the film where he's he's matched up against NBA level talent, and you see him locked in and really trying. And he stays in front of the guy that he's guarding, or he uses his quick hand speed and knocks the ball loose and gets out and runs a break. Like that, there were a lot of good things defensively that I saw from him. Um, the, the injuries are obviously a, a concern, but this was the best high school player in the country last year. Yep, the best high like. Yeah, won the award. They get to the championship. Kid puts on a show. Like the physical tools are there. The basketball IQ is there. Is he going to stay healthy enough to grow from where he's at? Are you going to put him in a position where he has the coaching staff around him to get him to go out there and lock in on the defensive end of the floor? 
there's a lot of questions, but I, I think if I'm a team in the twenties and this kid falls to me, I like, I, I'm taking a, a hard, hard look because six foot, seven inch wings that can shoot the ball the way that he shoots the ball are not that easy to come by in this league. And I, I would, I would take a chance because if he's healthy, I, I don't think that we're talking about him in the twenties. There's no chance. No, he's, he's a lot. Oh, he's a lot. Like sure. he, he's a top five, probably five, five to seven guy. And, and that's a, that's uh, initially where he was before kind of season at Duke. When when you looked at future draft boards before the injuries and stuff that his season at Duke, he was up there top five, top eight type draft pick, and he just kind of dropped down, I think, because of some of those concerns. Uh, one, one thing I love about him is he makes tough shots. Like, he's a guy, he's going to be a shot maker. There's no yeah. question about that. I'm just, I'm spooked of injuries, man. Just the Grizzlies history with guys with injuries. That's why I kind of said I didn't think they would take him, but I do agree with you, man. And as I said a minute ago, that you could end up with one of the better prospects in this draft in the 20s. If, you, if you're if you willing to take a chance on the guy and, it, and the injuries aren't something that continue you could end up with a steal. There, there's no question about that. Yeah, you look at um, like I'm looking at the draft order here. The Lakers at 17. You, you've got LeBron that's still in town, so that this is a guy that you know you, you could if you take him at 17, you could let him get healthy. You don't have to rush him out there on the floor as the Lakers. Uh, if if Miami takes him, that's scary season because of the way they're they're. Uh, able to take care of talent. Uh, Houston at 20. Brooklyn's got back-to-back picks at 21 and 22. You know, that that's somewhere where they're kind of going to be competing slash rebuilding. They're not going to go full rebuild because of the picks that they had to give up. Um, I, I just it, – it would surprise me if he makes it past the Brooklyn Nets at 21-22 just because of – Yeah, with, with two the, picks, those, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way they're going to pass on them twice. Yeah, the physical tools that we're talking about and the flashes, man. I he has he has star potential. Are the injuries gonna is he gonna be able to get healthy enough to reach that potential? That's a huge if. You you never know that there are guys that well, you know, Steph Curry, the reason he fell to where he fell, I think a lot of it in college was because he had issues staying healthy. And then yeah, and people thought he struggling. was so small. Is yeah. one of the reasons why people just thought he was too light, and definitely, he definitely knocked that out of the park. Proved him wrong yeah. on that, man. Well, was able to to get healthy, and and I mentioned guys, and I just I, I'm going to put this disclaimer out every single time that I say this. When I mention guys of that caliber, I'm never saying I expect these prospects to turn into that. I'm just like, that's an example of a guy that yeah. there, there were injury concerns. He struggled early in his career and then he got healthy and Steph has been pretty healthy throughout his career after struggling early on. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things. I think the, the physical tools are there. You question some of the athleticism. I think some of that is injury, but it, if this kid gets healthy, he has all the tools to be an elite player at the NBA level. And I think if you're getting him outside of the lottery, you're getting a hell of a, uh, like, I think that's a still honest. And, and there's a lot weight on that. If he doesn't ever get healthy, then you wasted uh you know, mid to late first round pick on somebody, but sometimes you just got to take a swing. 
Yeah, especially if you're a team that that has a little bit more time to wait on them. If you're a team that needs somebody to step in, which if you, you get once you get out of the lottery, most of those teams are probably are in that position where they have a little bit of time. They they don't necessarily need him to step in and be great initially. Uh, that's a good spot because uh, again, again, he's a guy that I think could outperform where he's being drafted because talent wise. The, the flashes, like you said, you see, he's definitely a, a top ten player, probably talent wise in his draft. Is just can he get back to like some of the stuff that we saw in high school? Because offensively, man, I think he's going to be a a bucket getter. Like I could see him being an elite scorer. I mean, like I said, his shot is not the prettiest, but it works. I mean, he makes tough shots. I mean, you see guys closing out on him, and he's just going up, putting it in their eye um, at, at times. So he definitely has the talent. Uh, there's no question about that, man. One. One season at Duke again, and I don't know if he was ever even close to 100 percent. Man, because he came in with a foot injury and then had a a lower leg injury there. I think mid season that he kind of played through. They thought he was going to be out, and he kind of played through it. So I don't think he was healthy at all. So you you're correct on that, man. You, you, because if you go back and look at his high school tape, you saw different stuff athletically than you saw at Duke. I mean, there were yeah. times where Duke where he had some 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 kind of explosive dunks, but he, he just looked like he didn't have that same burst, and you just Hope he can get that back, man, because if he gets that in his game, you add that back to his ISO scoring ability, man, you have a real player on your hands. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Uh, let, let's move on. I don't even know what time we started tonight. I know I struggled getting out of the gate, and uh, it, it's been smooth selling ever since. We're doing good. We got two guys left here to to talk about. Let's move on to Isaac. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go with the next guy because I know that this is your boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Grady Dick, uh, 6'8", 195 pound, freshman small forward out of Kansas, 19 years old, uh, 14.1 points, 5.1 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 1.4 steals. So you see the versatility there, man, just bringing you a, a lot in all aspects. Uh, but the number one aspect, obviously, 40.3% from three on six attempts per game, 83 of 206 overall. I know David will like this, uh, 86%. Uh, from the free throw line, man. So really a guy that, that's going to knock down free throws for you. Um, like, as I said, man, knock down shooter, like likely the best in this draft. Um, I don't think there's a lot of question there. Um, and one thing about, about Grady Dick, and I don't, people, and it, not to bring the race thing into this, but people usually have what, the white guys is they're just a shooter. Don't bring any, anything else to the table. Uh, especially when you're talking about guards and wings, they're usually guys that, that just shoot the basketball, don't really have the elite foot speed, so they they struggle defensively. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Not not a fantastic defender, not blessed with tremendous foot speed, but not a traffic cone on that in, in that area either. But like I said, man, knockdown shooter, likely the best in his draft. No wasted movement. Um, he gets his shot off quick, has a high release on his shot at six eight, so it's kind of hard to defend. Uh, fantastic movement off the ball, man. I love his off the ball movement. I uh, mean, and one thing that he does well is he gets to his spots and, and, and he's ready for the pass um, almost always. Uh, really good off screens. Uh, shot 51.2% uh, off pin downs, um, effective field goal percentage. Closeouts, like I said, don't really affect the shot. I mean, he'll put one in your eye, man. It's I mean, he's just, as far as shooting, man, he's absolutely elite. Um, I think he's going to be elite three-point shooter and just brings spacing. He's going to bring a lot of space into whatever team that, that he ends up in, just super high IQ. Um, he used the one dribble pull up at the t- at the stop and just stick where he does the one bullet dribble pull up um and, and a little step in for the jumper. 
Um, like if if you close out on him defensively, he has that little dribble pull up. He'll step inside the arc and pull up for the mid range jumper. Uh, definitely has that kind of Desmond Bain fly by King sidestep three in his bag. Uh, you saw a lot of that on film. Um, obviously drew a lot of attention um, at Kansas with his shooting ability. So when he was double teamed, he did a really good job of passing out of that. Uh, when he draw a couple of defenders, he find cutters at the rim. Um, and speaking of cutting, he does a really good job of cutting himself. Uh, I mean, he does a, does a good job of cutting to the rim on dribble handoffs. Uh, when, when guys deny him from the three-point line, he takes that handoff, cuts to the basket really well. Um, talking about defensively, um, I, I talked about that earlier. Not exactly blessed with loads of lateral quickness, uh, but he makes up for it with his activity in IQ. Um, he averaged 1.4 steals per game. But he has really quick hands, uh, gets himself in the, in the right spots. He just always seems to be in the right spot, and that kind of supersedes kind of his lateral quickness at times, man. He just takes great angles always in, in, in the right spot. Um, he's good at that kind of job of rent, uh, poke from behind, deflection. You saw a lot of that on film. Uh, plays the passing lanes as well. Uh, as far as things that he should he improve on, uh, struggles in, in straight-up one-on-one situations. Um, I, I think that's something that's going to be a, be a struggle at the, at the next level because he just doesn't have that elite kind of lateral quickness. So at times he's going to struggle there. He did get targeted a lot um, at Kansas. Um, if you force him to guard in space or get him in a pick and roll, he does struggle there. Uh, struggle to get over the top of ball screens and get back in front. Um, he only took two shots in isolation all year. Uh, so as far as, far as his shooting, that, that's not a strength of his. Not a guy that's going to give you tons of self-creation. I mean, he's a guy that kind of needs to be set up um, as far as his shots. So because he doesn't get a ton of separation, doesn't create a lot. And I think that's going to be a question at the next level. He's also not an elite athlete. I mean, you could see him. If he gets a runway, he could take off and dunk on you. He's not just a, a guy that doesn't have any athleticism, but he's not an elite athlete. But I, I love him, man, as a prospect. I just think his IQ is just super high, and his shooting ability is just off the charts. He can shoot the basketball so well that it just makes up for a lot of his deficiencies. And if you, you put him on the floor, man, he's going to bring super space into any team that he that he goes to. And he just plays so hard. I mean, just smart player. I think a winning basketball player makes winning plays. Coming from a great system at Kansas, um, I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, he's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. And I'm a big fan of any guy that's 6'7", 6'8", above that can shoot the basketball. I, I like that size that he brings at 6'8". Um, and, again, man, it this – I think being a, a Grizzlies fan and a guy that covers the Grizzlies so long, any I'm a sucker for any guy that can shoot the basketball, and that's definitely definitely something that Grady Dick can do, man. And I think he's going to be a a player that that sticks around this league for a long time, man, because that shooting ability, he's going to be able to do that. There's no question that he's going to bring this elite shooting ability to the NBA. That's definitely going to translate. And again, on the defensive end, not super blessed with elite foot speed or anything like that, but he works super hard. I mean, you kind of see that with a guy like Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard doesn't have that foot speed, but he just, his IQ is so high that he just puts himself in the right position, takes the right angles, and is just super smart, and he gets the most out of his ability. And I think you see the same thing with Grady Dick. Yeah, man, you, you talk about a shooting, and that's one thing. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned when when you're reading stuff, or, you know, you, you specifically when I see people on Twitter talking about Grady Dick, they seem to, like, pigeonhole him into yeah, a put position him in that box. Yeah. where he's that's all that he is but you talked about his ability when when they're closing out too hard his ability to 
you know, t- take that one dribble pull up or get downhill. You know, he, he's not, I, I don't know that he'll ever be an elite finisher, but he has that ability. Like if you close out too fast, he can take you off the dribble. What, probably the most impressive thing that I saw on film from this kid is from, from the waist up, it doesn't matter if he's moving left, right, if it's a catch-and-shoot situation where he's, you know, like he's set up already, coming off of a dribble handoff, no matter where he was at, body fading left or right, fading back, from the waist up, his form is the same, the same every, every time. single time. Every time. Like, I think that you could overlay – Every hey, shot that perfect. this could, to, and th- there would not be much variance in it at all. And that's, that is what it takes to be an elite shooter. So many times on film, you see him moving, cutting, getting to, you know, you talk about Luke Kennard and his ability to just kind of find, you know, you don't have to create a ton of separation. You just have to be in the right spot to get that shot off. And Grady Dick does that time and time and time again. So the the only question is, is he going to be a good enough defender at the NBA level? And I think the question of that is yes, man. Or the answer to that question is yes. I think that he he showed at Kansas that, you know, yeah, he's not going to be like he's not going to be your lockdown wing defender night in and night out. But you can put him out there, and he's not going to be a guy that's just tied down into one place that gets killed every time that his man gets the ball or that offensive offenses are bringing his man to screen so they can get a switch to exploit him. Because of that size, because of that length, he's able to defend guys at a higher level than what you would expect initially. And I don't know. I wouldn't say – not a playmaker, like he's not a playmaker, but his ability to get his own shot, I, I don't think that he gets enough credit. Just look at guys that are in the NBA that are able to score without doing a, a ton. Clay Thompson is a guy that comes to mind. You know, Clay Thompson is not great off of the like he he's not a guy that's gonna tear you down with an elite handle, but his skills are good enough that if you close out too fast on him, he can go off of the dribble to create that space. And Grady Dick does a lot of the same things in getting downhill. And, you know, you talk about the the shot fake for the flyby knockdown three. There are a lot of tools in his game. And that's, that's why he is, you know, I don't think I've seen him anywhere past probably 10 or 11 in this draft because the the skills that he has, the shooting is absolutely elite, and the rest of his tools are enough that, okay, th- this kid is going to be able to play at the next level. Um, I'm just kind of interested to see where he ends up falling because there are a lot of teams. You know, I went, Utah. I the, <laughs> the U- Utah at nine. Right, right, right it in Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> right it in Sharpie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unless I, he goes higher than that. Let somebody thinks I'm higher than that. He's not getting past Utah at nine. I guarantee I, you that. I, I will say this, man. Looking at the top ten picks, the place where I would love to see him go is Indiana. 
Yeah, because, that'd be a good spot for him. You know, you you have Tyrese Halliburton who can be like he is a number one option, but Tyrese Halliburton doesn't mind passing the ball. And you get him a weapon, like you know, they've already got Buddy Healed, but but you get him more shooters there, dude. It's just gonna be it's gonna be crazy season. I think he fits well in Indiana. Um, I'm always scared about staying Washington because I don't know what, what they're going to do, but they yeah, got guys that, that are, are good playmakers there. Um, you know, I hope that he's not on the board at 10 because he's a guy that would, uh, would be good with Luca. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see him there. No, please yeah. don't go to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, as long as he's off the board by 10, I'm good with it. Yeah, man. And, and you talked about it. What I love about him and I said it earlier is, no wasted movement. Like he's always moving on both ends of the floor. He's working hard. Mm-hmm. Like he's working hard to get to his spots. He's always, I mean, he makes it easy for a, a playmaker, a point guard. Like you talk about Halliburton because he's going to be where he needs to be. I mean, he comes down the court, he gets to the corners, he gets to his, his spot. He's waiting for the pass. He's always there. Um, and, and that's the thing. I, I think he's going to be a double digit scorer. A lot of these the guys are like shooting. They look at him as being like shooting specialists, and they might be able to give you six, seven points off the bench. I, I think he's going to be much more than that. I could see him being a guy that averages 14, 15 points. I just think his shooting ability is so elite, and like you said, he can he can get to the basket. I don't know if he's going to be uh, an elite finisher or anything like that, but he's super smart. I mean, and he gets good shots, and, and that's the reason why I think he's going to be able to score. And you get him, get him with a good point guard, a guy that's a willing passer, and that's why you like say it like Luca, man. I think he played really well off of Luca. Anybody that's gonna gonna give him the basketball when he gets to his spots, because he, he's gonna knock down those shots. I, I'm just a big big fan of his, man. Um, whoever gets him, I think is gonna get a really really good basketball player. He's just again high IQ. Um, and just does makes winning plays. The same thing I say about Luca Nard. That's why I like him so much because even though he's not blessed as much physically. He's going to give you everything he can. He's going to get the maximum out of what he has to give, and he's going to knock down shots, man, if you give him the basketball. Um, so that's why I like him as a prospect. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, but I, I don't see him getting past not at Utah. I think if he's on the board, Utah takes him there. Um, if he goes higher than that, man, shout out to, to whoever gets him, man, because, again, I think he has almost zero bust potential in, in my mind because the shooting ability is just elite. Like, he's the best – shooting this draft and there's no question that that's going to translate to the next level. Yeah. Guys like that always find a way to, uh, to get it done at the next level guys that can, man, just some movement, man. I, I, I mentioned like that regardless of what his legs look like waist up, he's square. His frame is smooth. Really? Like he's going to be fine at the next level. And I like Utah has, they were better this year than I think everybody expected them to be. And, you know, they just need to add talent. And they, I think Hart is a great, got, I think Hart is a really good coach too. I'm, I'm a yeah, big fan yeah, of good man. young coach. I think, I think Boston messed up, man. They, he was already going to Utah where that Udoka stuff went down and Missoula ain't it, man. I, I know it's been one year and, I, and I've been talking about that on Twitter and it's kind of a polarizing situation not to kind of get off topic here. I, I think they got to let him go, man. I And they gave him an extension. I think they jumped the gun. He was like their fourth assistant. He wasn't even a front-row assistant. Hardy left for Utah. David Stoudemire left and took another college job. And they just kind of handed the keys to Missoula. And I don't I don't think he's ready. Like, you watch. I mean, they had a, they went to the finals last year, I think, on paper. The rosters 
definitely better. They lost a lot of games to bad teams this year, and I think he's gotten out coached throughout the playoffs. I mean, they lost two games to Atlanta, almost when got forced to a seven game there. Atlanta put a lot of pressure on them, and that shouldn't have happened, man. You look at that roster, that's like the best roster in the league, and you look at Miami, they're missing Tyler Hero, they're missing Victor Oladipo. They shouldn't be getting beat the way they are against that against that Miami team. I, I don't think they're down 3-0 if Udoka's still the coach. I, I just don't think he's ready. His timeout usage has been bad. He's mismanaged the game. And he even admitted pretty much after the game that out loud that he's lost the locker room, which is insanity to me. I couldn't believe he said that out loud. So that's a weird, weird situation, man, that they just handed him the stick and gave him the keys, took the interim tag off, gave him an extension. I don't think he's the guy going forward. I think it's hard to bring him back because they either, they got to do something. They got to make roster changes significantly or they got to get rid of him. And I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Boston, man, because it felt like this was supposed to be their year and it's not going to be. So that's a weird situation, but sorry to get off subject there. And don't say it's not going to be. It ain't over till it's over. It ain't like they, <laughs> man, it's, they, it's they, not the first of no three. Four, it's the first of four. They, they like, quit. They, they look like they quit in their last game to me. I think they're, Got their their reservation booked for Cancun, man. I I think they get swept. They're ready to to get in the sun. Huh? Yeah, they ready to pack it up, man. I yeah, Jason Tatum, like they took about the game the way he was looking on that bench. He looked checked out, man. I don't I don't think they got it, man. And shout out to Jimmy, man. I, I mean, he's just been on another level of uh, these playoffs. It's crazy what that Miami team was doing. I, I tweeted out yesterday, thinking back to my thoughts on that Miami team during the regular season. I can't believe that team is on the on the verge of going to the finals. Like it, it's amazing because I didn't really have a high opinion of them at all during the regular season. I mean, they because I mean they didn't even look like a team that was going to make the playoffs, and they're one game away from the finals. And I know people are going to hate Denver, but I'm tired of counting that Miami team out. I'm not going to count them out if it ends up being Miami and Denver. Lakers look like they might be on the way to forcing a game five tonight, but you think Denver is going to end up coming out of there? Because Miami and Denver, man. I know people are going to say Denver easily, but I'm not counting out Jimmy Butler, man, what we've seen in this playoffs. If you don't give Bam out of bio some credit, man, Bam has been playing his ass off in that series, bro. But like, yeah. I, know, I, I know I know what Jimmy's doing is crazy. Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, man, have been. Yeah, like, you know I mean? that, that's, yeah, it's it's nuts that they're there for sure. And that's, there, there's talent on that team. They're, they're missing some guys. And I know – I I don't know if they make it to the finals. If there's a chance that Hero comes back, but the way yeah, they're saying, is... I think they're they're saying he is. But I don't I don't know, man. They they might be better without him. Maybe that's because you kind of look at these games. Maybe he kind of takes something away. I know he's a really good player, uh, but he can be inefficient uh, at times. Mm-hmm. He takes a lot of shots, and maybe they're better without him. Um, and that's what a the, the kind of thought is in Miami. A lot of people are saying that maybe. He, they don't they don't need him to come back. It's hard to say you don't want a guy to come back averaging like 20 points a game, but it just seems like they might be better without him. Because, I mean, they've just been awesome, and Jimmy's just been giving it to him. I mean, Grant Williams fired him up the other night, man, poked the bear, as they said, with Dylan man, Brooks and, and LeBron I'm James. I'm so sick he, of that damn term. <laughs> poked the bear, man, and yeah. Jimmy, put, Jimmy went on one on him, man. He, that ain't the guy you want to mess with. He, he was already on one, man, and he just – Set him over there, just put a battery pack in him, man. He just went off on him, man. Gave him bucket out the bucket. So I've been enjoying watching that, man. If I had to pick anybody, I think I'm pro Miami, man. I'd like to see Jimmy get it done. Just what he's been able to do for a team that wasn't expected to get there. I'm always for the underdog because us here in Memphis, man, we're never at the top of the list 
uh, of teams that they're going to give credit. So I'm always kind of for that underdog team. And I think that's definitely what Miami is in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Let, let's kind of reel it back in. We got off track a little bit there. We were just talking about Grady Dick. We're uh, going to finish. We go from the best shooter in the draft to one that <laughs> that's probably one of the biggest question marks, right? Yeah. Like Anthony black, six foot seven inch guard out of uh, Arkansas. You look at his numbers, 12.8 points, 5.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 45% from the field, 30% from three, 71% free throw shooter. Um, the, the 30% from three was on 2.6 attempts per game. So not, a, not high volume. I think yeah, that he, 28 was, 93 overall, he was respectable enough that teams had to not leave him open, but I, I think that he is probably outside of, of scoot. He's probably the, the most true point guard in the upper echelon of this draft, right? Like you have Amen Thompson, who is a guard. Like there's no doubt about it. His, his passing ability there, there's where well, we've talked about him. I'm not going to go back into that, but I think that black is a guy like his guard skills are comparable to almost anybody in this draft. The the one thing that you have to to question with him is because of that low three point shooting. Is he a guy that's going to be able to develop that enough to be a true threat in the NBA to space the floor to make the you know because if you don't have to respect his three point shot and you sag off of him, I talked about this with Amen Thompson. Same Thompson with Amen, yeah. Not, you know, if if Ben Simmons is not as good as he was his first two seasons because the teams are like. Psh, let him shoot a three, please, for the love of God, shoot a three. And that, so they sag off of him and it takes away his ability to use his elite playmaking skills. And so guys like Amen Thompson, guys like Anthony Black, they're going to have to find ways to make teams guard them to open up the floor so they can use their elite playmaking abilities. Um, the thing is, when you look at a guy we're looking at this Arkansas team, right? And you're looking Anthony Black. You got Jordan Walsh. Um, well, who's the kid that hurt his leg? Like stupid athletes. Is it like Travion Brazil? Yeah. How's he yeah. say? It? Is it, yeah, yeah. So it. Like, um, like they they had four or more NBA level talent guys on that team this year, and I just am I. Like, I think it's tough to truly say when you're playing for a loaded college program and you look at the volume and you're like, okay, what what's this kid going to do at the next level? You know, nine field goal attempts a game, that's not a lot. If he was at a different program where he was like, the the top top show. Oh, he's averaging he, he's having twenty points easily. Yeah. I think on on, on a and, team that we so, beat the guy. Yeah, I, I've seen people kind of be, oh, well, he only averaged 13 points a game. Yeah, but he was on a loaded team in Arkansas, man. And again, we talk about size in this draft, six foot seven plus wingspan. I think that he has the ability to be a good defender, too. So, like, he's going to, like, he doesn't, he's not going to have the strength. He is a guard at six, seven. You're like, Oh, well maybe he can guard one through four. 
I don't think that he's going to be able to guard one through four, but I think that he easily guards one through three. Yeah, and that's what I wrote down. Like, I, I think that that's something, the, the versatility on defense, because a lot of times you look at point guards across this league, and it's like, okay, which point guards are elite defenders? And the list of that is very, very short. I, I think that Black can be an elite defender. The, my my only concern about him, I think that all of the skills that he has are going to be able to translate to the NBA level, but he's going to have to, if he doesn't knock down threes, he's going to have to have an elite mid-range game to keep yeah. these teams honest, to be able to use his best skill, which is his elite passing. Yeah, man, I, I love him as a prospect. It's just that that shooting ability is going to be the question. I mean, that 30%, he was 28 of 93 overall from three with three attempts a game. So not a super high sample size. And a lot of times, a lot of these guys have, I mean, most of these prospects don't have great three-point shooting numbers. So you hope there's some upside there. I think there's going to have to be, uh, or he's going to have to really develop that mid-range game. Kind of same thing we're saying with, with John Morant. And we're still, you have to hear five saying that same thing. And it hasn't happened yet, even though he's so elite. In other areas, he's still able to be awesome, but he still needs to add to the game because you see at times where teams kind of force him into that, he, he struggles. Um, and that's something that Anthony Black's definitely got to work on at the next level, but I love everything else about him. Like you said, versatility. Love the fact that he's 6'7". Um, I think he can guard the one through three, and I think his defensive potential is there. I mean, he averaged two steals per game, and he loves to to apply pressure um, on ball potential, I think for me, is off the charts. I mean, he uses that length and quickness really well. He's super versatile. Um, I, I think he'll be able to guard the one through three. I think if he's able to put on some weight, like 195, I think there are going to be some situations where he can guard small ball fours eventually because I think he's going to get bigger and stronger. I think he does have room to kind of fill out his frame. One thing I noticed on tape, he's a good shot blocker uh, for a guy's size. Um, even a, I saw a decent amount of perimeter blocks uh, that, that he had. It's something that you don't see a lot. I saw that on film. Um, he has really quick hands. He gets deflections on the ball. I um, mean, the passing lane uh, creates a lot of live ball turnovers. Um, he does a good job of defending without fouling, uh, stays vertical, um, high IQ on both ends, uh, passes the basketball really well, um, really has the ability to to read the defense. I mean, when you see him come down, he's really deliberate in what he does on, on both ends. Like, he doesn't take a long time to, like, kind of make decisions. He reads the defense, and he decides where they're – he wants to try to to score himself or, or or facilitate get his teammates involved. I mean, so, so the IQ is there, man. You see that on film. He can finish at the rim with both hands, um, and he's hard to defend at the basket because of his strength. I mean, he's strong, even though he's six seven, one ninety five. He's wiry, strong. He's pretty strong. He doesn't shy away from contact, and he finishes through contact at the rim. Um, as I said, he's extremely extremely patient on the offensive end, man. He just makes really good decisions. He's not a guy that's gonna gonna. Uh, uh, just make a lot of mistakes. Um, not, not a great shooter, like we said. And I think that's going to be the question, whether his shooting ability will allow him to do some of the other things that he does well. And that's what he's going to have to prove on. I mean, he only shot 30% from three and he went 19 of 40 for 32.2% on catch and shoot looks. I um, mean, that's just not going to cut it um, as a guard on the next level. And his shot is kind of wonky, man. It's stiff. It's not a lot of rhythm to it. It's kind of square, and I think that's his shot mechanics need some work. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why he doesn't shoot the basketball well. There's definitely going to be some work done there. If he gets into it with a good coach, he, he's going to need to work on that. 
Uh, so teams went under a lot on him and sag off a lot on him. You kind of mentioned that, and I think that's definitely going to be something that happens more in the league if he doesn't improve there. Uh, did average three turnovers a game, uh, which is a pretty high number, but I think a lot of that possibly had to do with uh, a lot of it was when he drove left. I noticed that when he drove left, he turned the ball over a lot. And I think some of that kind of had to do with the spacing. Uh, even though they had four like level NBA level guys on their team, I watched Arkansas a significant amount last year. Their spacing on that team was not good. And again, a lot of that has to do with most of those guys weren't really good shooters, not a lot of full spacers on, on that team. So and I think a lot of those turnovers was due to that. But I, I love him as a prospect, man. There's a reason why he's, a lottery pick. I mean, defensively, I think he's a guy that his defense is really going to translate. It's just all about that shooting. Can he develop that three-point shot? If he could, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a lead three-point shooter, but can you get that to 35, 36%? He shot 30 in college. I think if he can get it around there, he'll be, he's going to be great and then develop that mid-range game, continue to do that because that'll unlock everything else he does. But everything else outside of the shooting is there. And, and you see why on film, He's considered to be a lead prospect, and he's going as high. And people talk about that 12.8 points a game. I mean, when you got that kind of talent on the team, that's going to happen. If you put him on a team where he was the guy, like you see a lot of these guys on, 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 on a lot of teams, like we talk about, like guys like Gigi Jackson, the Trev Trevion, Trevion Smith that we talked about earlier. Man, messing my words up there. Uh, that we talked about earlier, kind of being the only guy on those teams. He averaged 20 points easily. There's no question about it. So I'm not worried about that. 13 points a game at all, man. They, guys that look at that, they're just, just not watching the film, man. He has more scoring potential than that, man. It's just, can he get the shooting down? And I think that's going to be the question going to the next level. But I love him as a prospect. So a lot of things that I like on film and his defensive potential for me is something that I think that's really going to be a, a, a high-level trait that translates to the next level for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. You you talked about uh... – his ability to block shots. You go back to their uh, their conference tournament against A and M, and that they ended up losing that game. But he was working his butt off in that game. He had, he ends the game with four blocks and two steals. I uh, had a had a terrible day from the field, man. It just had nine points, but it, it's there's a lot to like about this kid. There's a reason that that he is near the top of this draft. But I, I think that. He he has enough tools that his floor there's it's hard to say right like oh well their floor is here when you're looking you're breaking down prospects but I think worst case scenario because of what he can do on the defensive end of the floor he's gonna find playing time in the NBA when you can go out there and you can play defense at the level that he does you. you teams find a way to get you on the floor and I don't want to, you know, he's obviously too young to say, Oh, this is all that he's going to be at the next level. But I, I think worst case scenario for him is he's an elite defender at the NBA level. Yeah. And, and I love guys that can play on and off the ball. And he's definitely a guy that can, can do that. So I love that versatility, man. I just hope he can, he can get that shooting down because I think if he does that, man, he can be, a really, really good player in this league, like a, a really good player. And you can play him in different different lineups. I mean, depending on what team he goes to, you can play him with all kind of good, different types of guys. That's what I like about him when I talk about that versatility. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, man. Again, I watched a lot of that, that Arkansas team uh, this season, and I just think you had a lot of 
different guys, high-level talented guys on that team. I don't think the spacing was was all that great um, on that team. I think he has the potential to be a better player on the NBA level than he was at the college level, man, if he could develop some of those skills that we talked about. Yeah, yep, for sure. Well, guys, we, we appreciate you tuning in. Do you got anything else on Black before we get out of here, man? No, man, I think we think we got it covered. Yeah, uh, so we're going to have more. We'll be back later on in the week. Um, I have, I would love to tell you what day, man, but it seems like every time we're like, we're going to be back on this day, something <laughs> happens, and we're not able to get back on that day. Yeah, we're going to get it but, in at some point this week. Yeah, yeah, we, we will get you another episode later on this week with uh, four to five more prospects. We appreciate you guys tuning in. The show is on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Dwill 21 our other co-host who hasn't been with us throughout this draft process, uh, she will be back again when we finish the draft talk. We're going to go over uh, report cards. Looking forward to that. I've been uh, I've been working on that for uh, for the Grizzlies roster, and um, I think some of the grades are going to kind of surprise you. There's some guys. Maybe you'll say I'm I'm the mean one. I don't know, but uh, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to uh, get our grades together, and then we're going to have a cumulative grade between the three. So uh, Candace is the, the co-host that I'm referring to. She is at Candace H901. She is is gone right now, but not forgotten. She will be back as soon as we get through with the draft stuff. Isaac's going to let you know where you can find him, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, man, definitely looking forward to that, man. Um, get back to some Grizz talk. Uh, talk about the draft right now. Love that. Like As we talk about, man, one of our favorite times of the year, man, love breaking down these prospects and bringing you information on these different prospects that you might not – Guys that you might not know a lot about, guys that you haven't followed, man. Really enjoy bringing, bringing these, these type of podcasts over the summer. Uh, we've been doing this for a few years now, man, and look forward to it every year. Not that I want the Grizzlies to be out because we're hoping that they play in the June every year, and hopefully that's in our future coming up. Uh, and we get to start a draft prospect and our draft pods later uh, that, that we have. So uh, that, would, that would be a lot of fun. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Again, as David said, you can get the show at Eat Those Grizzlies. Go over there and give us – a like and a follow. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac double underscore NBA. That's I S A A C double underscore NBA. Again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with another episode breaking down five more prospects later in the week. So be on the lookout for that. Until next time, here we go.